We're in a battle for America's soul. Liberty is at risk. It's time to speak up. Welcome to Brooke Talks America with author, publisher, conservative advisor, and patriot. Brooke says, for years, Brooke's been behind the scenes, helping conservative leaders articulate a vision for a better America. Now, she's front and center, and the mic is hot. Here is your host, Brooke says. Hello, hello, and welcome to Brooke Talks America, where we discuss politics and culture from an unapologetically conservative perspective each and every time. I'm your host, Brooke Says, conservative patriot, still very proud, deplorable, and columnist, which you can read on my website, brooktalksamerica.com. Make sure you connect on Facebook, Twitter. They're all synchronized. Brooke Talks America. Send me an email. You have questions. If you'd like to partner with the show and be a sponsor to help keep this conservative voice on the air and or donate, that is an option as well. Um, you can listen to po- archive podcasts on this show of the show on my website, brooktalksamerica.com. And also I'm on Captain's America Third Watch every Tuesday and Thursday morning at 5.30 a.m. on this station, Salem Media Group, AM860, The Answer. The podcast is available on iHeartRadio, Apple, Amazon, Spotify, Podomatic, and a bunch of other ones. Also, I have an app, which you can find in the Play Store. And just so that you know, I chose all of the music for today in honor of Memorial Day, so it's probably going to sound a little different. Um, my article this week, Fake News Media Threatens Freedom freedom Everywhere. President Trump was 100% correct about them, and they are the enemy of the people. We should consider it a primary mission to see how we can crush the mainstream media as well as big tech. They are both horrible in collusion trying to destroy the country. Check it out on my website. So I have a couple of awesome veterans on the show today for our Memorial Day special. My co-host, uh, Colonel Jim Warshuk, who I'll be who I'll be speaking with later, and our guest, which I'll get to in a moment. And just a note, last year for our Memorial Day, I had Chaplain Lieutenant Colonel Linda J. Pugsley on. She volunteered for two tours as evac, uh, air evac flight nurse in Vietnam, 68 to 69 and 72. You can get the podcast on the website. The Vietnam uh, nurses deserve more recognition, in my opinion. She is a great patriot, and her experience bringing comfort to those brave warriors is both informative and inspiring. So let's get to the Jelly. My guest this week is retired U.S. Army uh, Reserve Lieutenant Colonel Tony Schaefer. He's a frequent guest in the media, served as member, serves as member of the U.S. Nuclear Strategy Forum, is a senior fellow to the London Center for Policy Research, advising producer of Chain of Command, and was a member of the Trump 2020 Advisory Board. And perhaps most importantly, he's snarky. We love snarky on the show. He has excellent Twitter game, just like yours truly, if I do say so myself. Uh, and with that, I'd like to welcome you to the show, Tony. Thanks for coming on. Hey, thanks for having me, Brooke. It's good to join you. Absolutely. Good to have you back on, I should say. You did come on last year uh, in October. Yep. So, you know, I want to frame what's going on in the country and the things we discuss, uh, and in fact the world, but, you know, I care mostly about America, within the perspective of what this weekend Memorial Day means, uh, because where we are now, in my opinion, is an atrocity in light of their and their families' service and sacrifice to our country. As you know, uh, the BLM flags were okay on the embassies, but we couldn't have Rolling Thunder at Arlington in D.C. to honor the fallen. Uh, and this happened, you know, they did this the week of Memorial Day, which makes it, in my opinion, especially egregious. I, as I look at the flags... They're like flags of conquerors and like ISIS flags. And yes, I did say that because they are like ISIS. You know, it's 2021 and you have you now have 
anti-white critical race theory being taught all throughout the school, all throughout the country in schools, corporations, and now in the military. Um, and if you'll probably remember the West Point cadet who had the Che Guevara shirt on with the communism will win written inside his graduation cup. That was a few years ago. So what do you think, you know, what do you think about the CRT? We had, um, it was really brought to the forefront this week when Space Force Commander Lieutenant Colonel uh, Lohmeyer was fired, and he was on War Room Pandemic, you know, with an interview also with Tucker Carlson, and he's been a bunch of other places. What do you think yeah. about that? Are they going to actually, Is you think this is actually going to do anything to pressure, like, Austin to fire him, uh, Biden, and to replace him with someone who's not insane? <laughs> No, I look, uh, full disclosure, I was in combat with General Austin. He was a brigadier back then, and the brigadier general I served with in, in combat who uh, approved my bronze star is not the man in charge of the Pentagon now. And I don't know what happened, but somewhere along the line, uh, uh, General Austin became Mr. Austin, and uh, I think in my judgment threw away his uh, integrity by signing up to this whole idea that uh, the military is full of white supremacists. I mean, look, I served from 1981 to 2011, 30 and a half years, side by side with all colors, uh, you know, both genders, and it was just fine. So let's let's approach this uh, Black Lives Matter thing. First, Black Lives Matter is a Marxist Marxist movement, period. Mm -hmm. And it's a a corporation. Uh, You know, the embassy thing is the law. Uh, They cannot... They cannot have uh, did uh, put those things on the embassy because it's like putting same as putting Ford Motor Corporation right. or some other thing. It's not legal. It's, it, it violates the Hatch Act. And plus, uh, to your point, it, look, uh, BLM is not uh, an organization that anyone should emulate or support by the fact that its principles are anti-American. They're pro-communist. They're anti-family. It's all these these things that that uh, the Soviets. would have used to defeat us during the Cold War. And I've talked to a lot of military officers. Um, The London Center, which I run, is trying right now to find a way to incorporate some uh, some work on this. We've been asked by a couple of our trustees to do a deep study. Uh, We're looking at uh, actually partnering with some big universities who are not normally – uh, uh, conservative, and because there's folks on the left who recognize the danger of this as well. Uh, the, the, those traditional liberals, not progressive, right. tr- traditional liberals like Tulsi Gabbard and others have recognized the dangers here. So I think uh, what we need to do is continue to call out Black Lives Matter for the Marxist organization they are and their leadership for the for the grifters they are. Mm-hmm. I mean, come on, you, you join BLM as a leader and you get a free house, for goodness sake. I mean, geez. Yeah. It, it's, it's that insane. So I think those we need, but and I and will it change things? Look, I don't know if it'll change things, but we've got to state uh, our principles clearly here. And Lieutenant Colonel Lohmeyer, others still in the military, need to stand up and say, you know, I fought. I, you know, I joined the military to stop, uh, the, you know, the, the communists. You know, when I was going through, you know, the Soviet Union still existed. That's what we signed up to do is defeat communism and Marxism. And here we have it right in our backyard. So we, we have to call it out for what it is. Well, and we have elected officials who proudly claim that they're Marxist. Yes. Yeah, which is scary. Yeah, like the fear. I call them the Furious Four: uh, Cortez, yeah. Talib, and um, Omar, and Presley. And by the way, right. you know, I'm not. I don't want to get into it too much on this front, but like the Democrats, I hope are paying attention because Talib literally came out and said we should not, you know, denounce anti-Semitism. 
So uh, the 50 percent of all donations to the Democrat Party come from Jewish voters. So I really hope they're paying attention because they're not they're not hiding who they are anymore. But, you know, we remember last year at Christmas when Trump when the they said that you couldn't have the. Reese across America at Arlington and Trump stepped in and said, absolutely, we're going to have the Reese across America. So Biden, I mean, the idea that they don't say anything and he has the family of George Floyd in the White House, which, again, you know why he has to say creepy things like the girl, the girl with her legs crossed this week. And also that that George Floyd's you know relative wants to jump on his lap is crazy. But we can't have rolling thunder in Arlington and D.C. if. And I think we should hold Democrats account on these kind of things because it shows that they really hate America. You cannot say anything else other than they hate America if they go by these by these actions. So America has been the greatest land of opportunity. And last time I checked, Brooke, everybody still wants to come here. I yeah. think a water problem. Everybody wants to come here. And none of them so, left, by the way. Yeah. 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 By the way, so, so it's kind of <laughs> like the, the very, uh, you know, I, I talked about the fact that there's a war on objective truth and fact. And, you know, it's like, you know, everybody still wants to become. So this is the land of the free, home of the brave and land of opportunity. So, yeah, that's still the case. And the idea here, we have people in our own government saying, oh, no, it's it's based on evil. It diminishes our, the value of our nation. And, and simply put, it is not uh, in line with the reality in which everybody still wants to be come here and be Americans. Why is that? If we're that bad a nation, think about that, Brooke. Uh, you know, where you're at that in Tampa, it's like, do you really believe that uh, all the people there, all the, the folks from different cultures would be wanting to come to the United States if we were an evil, racist nation? Right. Are you kidding me? And so this is where I just need people to understand those listening to us today, think for yourself, especially if you recognize that if you're a, a Democrat, you're kind of looking at what's going on. It's like, man, this is this is there's no consistency here. There's no real, uh, you know, love for country and love for the culture we have. And I, I don't you know, my family came here from Spain in, in 1910 mm-hmm. uh, on the Lusitania, as a matter of fact. And, and so we you know, we are a culture of immigrants and nobody on our side that I know of is anti-immigrant. We're just anti-illegal un- Un- unregulated uh, immigration because it destroys the job markets it destroys opportunity you know boy, they always want to raise, raise the minimum wage but they don't want to raise opportunity and right. the way you raise opportunities make sure you you create good paying blue collar jobs which again they have a war on right now because they want to flood the market with uh, un- unregulated labor even bernie sanders for goodness sake Brooke, yes and, and now because they're all progressives they, they don't care yeah well and the other thing is people have to have courage. You know, there there might be some sacrifice that is is that happens, but they have to have courage because without courage, you don't have anything. And these right. people never stop. I mean, that's the thing people need to understand. The left never, ever stops. Right. Yeah. And I think that's what we have to recognize here. Uh, I was meeting with a, a good friend of mine who ran for governor. Unfortunately, didn't get the nomination, but uh, Sergio de la Pena, uh, he's a naturalized American uh, from Mexico. Mm-hmm. He came here as a child, worked his way through, became a full Army colonel, was the assistant undersecretary of defense for uh, uh, Western Hemisphere Affairs. You know, he, he's lived the American dream, lived it. Yeah. He, is, he is the epitome of the American dream. And we're sitting th- this morning talking about, man, he doesn't recognize the system which he came up through that, that supported his becoming the great American he is. Right. And that's what I, it's like. It's, it's, it, the other side has worked to diminish 
the ability of people like him to become who he is. And they, they are unmitigated. They, they use it. They will do and say anything they can to facilitate uh, putting their political beliefs forward, even if it means destru- destroying the very fabric of the republic, which protects their right to be who they are. That's how crazy it all is. No, and not only that, but the illegal immigrants are not going to Bel Air or, no. you know, Westchester or Beverly Hills. They're going to. So if you have MS-13, you want them here so that they can vote. Apparently, Biden thinks that even, you know, DUI manslaughters should be able to stay. They're going to immigrant neighborhoods to terrorize them. Of so, course. yeah. So hold that thought. You're listening to Brooke Talks America. I'm your host, Brooke Says, here with Tony Schaefer, and we will be right back after the break. He's a daughter and a son. Be a lover to their mother. Everything to everyone. More Brooke Talks America coming up. Bright and early. I'm all business in my suit. Yeah, I'm dressed up for success. From my head down to my boots. I don't do it for the money. There's bills that I can't pay. I don't do it for the glory. I just do it anyway. I never thought that this is where I'd settle down. I thought I'd die an old man back in my hometown. They gave me this plot of land. Me and some other men For a job well done There's a big white house Sits on a hill just up the road The man inside This segment is brought to you by Barely Pod Furnishings in Crystal River Open Tuesday through Saturday, 10 to 3 They're a 3,000 square foot store With unique home decor For making your house a home Including a large selection of original American art glassware and pottery get 20 percent off using code bta20 and remember to tell her brooke sent you welcome back to brooke talks america with brooke says check out the blog at brooktalksamerica.com here's brooke says welcome back to brooke talks america i'm your host brooke says here with lieutenant colonel tony schaefer and speaking of uh, blm you know you tweeted out the and I wrote an article about this is colors has actually quote unquote stepped down because of the pressure, which I think is kind of a diversionary tactic. You know, she can still she's already grifted millions off of Black Lives Matter, but you know, she can still do she can still do more. This, in my opinion, is the racial division poison that Obama started. And the oh, Demo- yeah. the Democrats use it, but Obama really started it on purpose, in my opinion. Well, I, look, I, I think, uh, boy, this is going to get me in trouble. I think he's a Maoist. I think he did yeah. it purposely. I think he yes, knew exactly I, what he Yes, yes, 100%. And, uh, yeah, I think the, the use of race to divide and conquer and seek political leverage is a tactic they use. And, again, let me be very clear on this for your audience to understand. I, I, you know, I served 30 and a half years in the military, and my bud was uh, a black kid in basic training, A1. My bud was a, a black kid from Macon, Georgia. He and I, we and I were the same age. We, we were our battle buddies. Uh, the sergeant who was my, my, my drill sergeant was a female, the first ever female drill sergeant named Sergeant Taylor. I came up to an, a military that was completely colorblind and genderblind. Everybody was supposed to work together, and we were all green. Uh, that worked very well in the military, uh, and I think uh, that... That integration, if you will, 
became the model for other federal organizations over the years to basically be colorblind. And Obama brought back the whole idea that we are going to judge people Mm -hmm. simply because of their color, gender, or social uh, I don't know. We don't even know what to say. It's like some of the social divisions they're trying to create are, are literally insane. I mean, the idea of giving hormones or hormone blockers to children so they can, uh, yeah. you know, uh, be uh, choose their sex is is beyond insane based on the the mental challenges that creates down the road. So all these things add up to me, in my judgment, nothing to better society. Nothing. No. To, enhance uh, the American way or the the, uh, the family. It's all about simply trying to create conditions for our failure. And I think Obama's picked up where Obama left off and, and, uh, and Biden's picked up where yeah. Obama left off. And I think that's where we're at right now. No. And, you know, the thing this is the thing that killed me about them with the statues. They yeah. the, the, the minions are useful idiots. They always yeah. have been, always will be. Okay, they have no clue. You ask them what they're about, they just go on in some, you know, the blue hairs getting some hysterical rant about I don't know what. Oh, yeah. They went to the, um, I think it was the 54th, they they like tearing down Frederick Douglass, trying to tear down Frederick Douglass statues. They're desecrating st- statues of black soldiers. Half of this stuff is diminishing the contribution of the people that they claim to care about, which I always say, and we talked about it on the show, Democrats never will fix the problems they claim to care about because it would put them out of business. Right. Yeah. Well, they create them. Look, I I live here in Virginia, and I was like... uh Hey, don't tear those statues down. Oh, you're a racist. Like, no, I don't care. You, those are statues of Confederates. So all you're trying to do, in my judgment, is tear down your bad history. Exactly. <laughs> you guys are yes. the Democrats. Like, you know, I, look, if you really want to, I think, I don't think you ought to tear down your history because we, we right. need to be reminded of how treacherous you all were. But, you know, I don't think it's a good idea to tear down the statues because, no, I never, I was never a Confederate. I've never supported the Confederate cause. But if, you know, those are your guys. Right. You want to tear down the statues to your guys, and you know, I guess, but it's really your doing. And that's the thing, Brooke. They they seem to always create these problems, then complain about them, and then the moment that they're resolved, they have nothing to complain about, and therefore they lose power. That's why I think you see Joe Biden right now working so uh, clearly to create economic problems, yeah. to create military problems. Uh, they create all these problems so they can say, oh, look, we, you need to reelect us because we got to fix these things. You can't – if someone creates a problem, they cannot fix it. I'm, I'm telling you from experience on that on that point. So I always say Democrats are like a thief. They steal your wallet, help you look for it, and then give themselves credit for finding it. 100%. Yeah. yeah. So on a different note, I did not know this. I was watching, you know, I was uh, – Looking at your Twitter feed, which is awesome, by the way. People need to go to it. Uh, and, and mine, of course, right? Um, yeah, you're, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> and you are a great share, I have to say. You're an awesome guest who shares that you're going to be on the show. I love that. So great. So I didn't know this, but you did an interview with One America where you said that Bill Barr had called you and, and yes. asked you to stop investigating the 2020 election fraud. What in the blankety blank a blank about that? Talk about that. Oh, and by the oh. way, Epstein didn't kill himself either. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So, no, I mean, look, it, it, you, this is all public. I was doing an investigation. There's still a, a interview that I, I re- reveal publicly the existence of the Palette of Balance guy, uh, yeah. Jesse Morgan. And so, look, I was part of the intake. Uh, you know, I, I don't want to go through everything. We could, we could talk about this for a half an hour. And so, you know, I, I, we were going through and I was working with my friend and mentor, Ed Meese, former Attorney General under President mm-hmm. Reagan. It's like, hey, uh, Ed, this guy's real. <laughs> we, we need to do something about it. So he, you know, we try to get a meeting with They memory hold that guy. 
Yeah. And, 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 oh, yeah. And so, you know, so he calls Bill Maher and says, hey, uh, I guess he vouches for me. And uh, it calls him back and says, hey, you know, here's the staff person you need to reach out to and go and move forward with this. Before I could even put down the pen from writing down the number, I get a call from a 202 number. Wow. And uh, I pick up the line and say, hey, Tony, hey, Tony, this is Bill Barr. How you doing? <laughs> I go, oh, boy, this is going to be a call. And, and, that, and for the next 30 minutes, he chewed me out for wow. daring uh, slow down his investigation. How dare I do X, Y, and Z? And it was, uh, and, you know, and someone, the question was, well, did you feel intimidated? And I, but who I, did he I tell said, you to take over? He said, call, let the FBI. FBI t- yeah, right. Yeah, turn, FBI. Turn it over. Yeah. And so I was explaining to him, Brooke, just so you know, it's like, no, uh, look, we have a, we want to put together a hybrid task force. Uh, we want, we want U.S., uh, in, you know, law enforcement involved, but we have, we want the U.S. Marshals. Uh, we have a, we have a number yeah. of U.S. Marshals who have volunteered to come over and we want to do this side by side. A, 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 and he, he would, he, he yelled at me more. It's like, <laughs> no, you need to turn it over to the FBI. And so, so, Brooke, what do you do? What, what, what do you do when you're faced with the most senior mm. law enforcement officer in the nation telling you, you know, where do you go to appeal that? There's nowhere to go. Yeah. There's nowhere to appeal that the attorney general of the United States telling you you are interfering with my investigation. Turn it over to the FBI now. Well, he's a big old dip. He's a big old rhino deep stater establishment guy. Such a disappointment. I think he spoke at the Federalist Society. They ought to take that down and rebuke him. Because he's a well, he's a joke. Well, you know, this was uh, again it's something out of a movie. You know, yeah. Who, who, and I, I, you know, I was talking to Ken Cuccinelli three weeks ago today. Mm-hmm. We were doing a political event here in North Virginia, and I said, Ken, when's when's the last time you heard of an you know because he used to be the attorney general here in Virginia, and I said, when's the last time you ever heard of an the attorney general calling a private citizen and demanding that he stop conducting a legitimate investigation on his own? When does it when does it ever happen? Well. So, I could have seen thing. Holder doing that, though. I think, yeah, I yeah. think Holder would have done that, but I've never thought, our, you know, Correct. Bar trying to get, you know, how, you know, I would think he would be, yeah, look, uh, here's, uh, we, I see what you're doing. Uh, how about some help? What can we do to help you get to the bottom of this? Not, you need to, you need to cease and desist. You're interfering with my investigation, unquote. Yeah. No, it's really... I, you know, I had written an article about him and I was, everybody was hoping that something would happen and he was going to be the one to actually come out because like I said, he did a very, he did a, a very, um, indignant interview with, I think it was Wolf Blitzer and he did a speech and, and I, he's just such a disappointment. Nothing that he said has any validity, even in regard to religion, because he's not upholding the other tenants. I'm sorry. I have to say that. Well, I think, you know, this is one of the things I was talking to one of my colleagues yesterday about is, um, I don't think Trump went far enough to get rid of people who yes. really did, did not support the Constitution. You know, I was yeah. in the White House. I talked about in this White House. I was in the in the, in the White House when um, Jim Comey got uh, fired, uh-huh. and uh, you know, I saw Rance Priebus running down the hall. I was like, "Oh, you don't see that every day." And it was, but but the thing was, though, Brooke, uh, my belief is Trump had great instincts, but every time he wanted to do something like that, they would talk him out of it. They would say, "No, no, no, Mr. President, we need to be more reasonable." We need to do X, Y, and Z. Yeah. Yeah. He could have really just called the herd and gone for it, right? Yeah. Yeah. But he didn't. And so that's, this is where I think, you know, I I think Trump, you know, was, was had good instincts, but 
They just sort of fired everybody, really looking back on it now. And, and Barr was a, a bushy. Yeah. So, you know, I think you had to take everybody who was served in any either Bush 43 or 41 mm-hmm. with a grain of salt. And, you know, I, I, have, I have my doubts. So there you go. But it was it was what it is. It is what it is. You know, and uh, I don't know. Again, who do you go to if the, if the attorney general himself says he's not on your side, he's not going to hear what you have to say? Who do you go to to complain about? Yeah, no. And that's, you know, I mean, that's why Trump was like in the wilderness by himself. He was in Siberia yep. the whole time. Well, and the, the, if there, if we ever do get a chance to have a Republican, you know, president again, it has to be, first of all, it has to be a MAGA candidate. You know, I used to tweet Trump all the time saying, hire me for stratcoms because they were golden opportunities. Obviously he has, you know, he's not going to catch the thing, but the people that were advising him were not, they, they didn't know a lot of opportunities that they could have seized on with the cultural stuff that was going on, you know. But but he's right. got to have an army behind him. Whoever gets in the he or she, they have to have an army of MAGA Ameri- America First can- um, patriots and loyalists to go in there and call that whole administrative state for real. Not playtime, not the people that gave lip service to it, but absolute. Well, you know, and to that point, I think, Brooke, uh, it's more of a populist movement than a yes. pure conservative movement. And, you know, I've talked about this on BBC because I was questioned as a Trump 2020 guy. It's like, well, what do you make of all this? Why well, I make all of this is, is the Trump effort is more about what's best for citizens who want to thrive economically and support their family rather than being, you know, like uh, conservative, uh, being fascist. Now, one of the things I think people tend to forget about conservatism is you're not a fascist. As a matter of fact, it's the opposite of fascism because you don't want any control. You don't want regulation. Right. You don't want to be involved. It's kind of like, <laughs> I was just thinking about it the other day. It's like, oh, they're calling us fascists. Like, no, we don't want to be. We don't want control. We want minimum regulation so businesses go out and thrive. We don't want to be in, in, involved in your freaking life. You go live your life. We, want, we want to be left we want alone. To, we want to be left yes. alone. Yes. And so it's like, how can you be a fascist if you're just saying, leave me alone? Go <laughs> away. But the people, I mean, that's how it is. the people who are calling other people fascists are, in fact, the fascists. They are the Absolutely. Nazis. I said it. Absolutely. I said it because that's how Absolutely. Nazis acted. All of the things yeah. that the left wants to do against us. That's how the Nazis acted at Absolutely. their time. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, listen, we could go on for three more hours. It's been fun as always having you on. Where can people find you on your social media? So, obviously, T Spooky. Uh, yeah. T under, all the letters are underscore T Spooky. And uh, on Twitter, uh, you know, I've got a fairly lively feed, as you know. Yes, I, you I, do. It's know, great. A lot of, a lot of triggered, triggered liberals, uh, a triggered uh, progressive show up there. One the, other, the other day, one of them uh, wished that my mom had aborted me. So that was oh, a really my. nice interaction. You know, come on, such, these people are such tolerance and compassion yeah. from the oh, left. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then, uh, th- then of course, they, you can follow everything we're doing at LondonCenter.org, the think tank I run, London Center. By the way, we're not in London. It's named after yeah. my, do- my late doctor, L- my late boss, Dr. Herb London. Uh, but we have a range of things. We've got accountability. We've got the Second Amendment. We're doing all sorts of national security stuff. So be sure to uh, come by and check us out. Absolutely. And we'll have you again on soon. Great. Thanks, Brooke. All right. Take care. God bless. You're listening to Brooke Talks America. I'm your host, Brooke Says, and we will be right back after the break. More Brooke Talks America coming up.
areas, but one flag that should fly over U.S. embassies. Hello, I'm Ron Edwards. On today's page from the Edwards Notebook, Secretary of State Antony Blinken recently authorized that U.S. embassies around the world can now fly Black Lives Matter flags and banners. The authorization was part of the Biden regime's response to the one-year anniversary of the death of George Floyd that sparked massive rioting from coast to coast. In my opinion, any U.S. administration that promotes the flying of flags of any communist organization that literally is fighting against the very existence of our unique constitutionally limited way of life, traditional family, manhood, even God himself, should be recognized as the enemy from within and dealt with accordingly. U.S. embassies are supposed to represent and protect the symbol of what's good about the United States. Not the Black Lives Matter mission of destruction followed by a planned devolution into an oppressive reign of urban-style tyranny and mousy dung communism. Wake up, my fellow Americans. The republic you save may be your own. I'm Ron Edwards. Check out the RonEdwards.com. Ron Edwards, the new voice of America. My mama sitting there Looks like I only got a one-way ticket away I sure wish I'd give you one more kiss And war was just a game we played when we were kids Do you need a tax repair? Do you have rental properties? you need worksheets to help gather your information? If so, contact Deb Snyder at 727-424-4499 or email her at debsnydertax at gmail.com. You can find her on the IRS directory of federal tax return preparers. Go to irs.gov and type it in. Deb stays up to date on successfully completing the annual federal tax refresher courses that cover filing season issues and tax law updates. And remember to tell her Brooke sent you. Welcome back to Brooke Talks America. Visit Brooke Talks America on Facebook. And now your host, Brooke Says. Welcome back to Brooke Talks America. I'm your host, Brooke Says, and here with Colonel Jim. So, Jim, um, some stuff happening this week. Obviously, there was this was a pretty big deal. I surprised at the outcome, actually. It was a bipartisan probe into the Capitol riot, quote unquote, January 6th, the GOP blocked it. The Dems are pretty much freaking out about that. What do you think? The yeah. non-insurrection? Of course, we've been following this for some time now. And it was really a dog and pony show on the yeah. part of Nancy Pelosi and the Democrats to make an issue of this, to try to go after Trump and say that Trump was anti-American and Donald Trump and his supporters were attempting to uh, tear down the country. When, in fact, not a single... Weapon mm-hmm. was ever found, identified. This was pure and simple political theater, and the Republicans, thank God, ended it. Yeah. So the little garden gnome is getting some attention, which is really good after the annihilation by Rand Paul. Some new information is coming out. What Talk about that. Well, there's a lot of new information coming out with regard to uh, the Wuhan virus and where it originated. And there is so much information. The Democrats are really besides themselves mm-hmm. on this. They are they are literally running scared because this is going to be revealed. And, you know, I have to say this. I 
you know, I, I watch Bannon a lot, mm-hmm. and um, they basically are saying Fauci is probably one of the biggest mass murderers in America for what he did and the things that he implemented. Gain and of function. Gain of function is all about, you know, using it as a weapon. Yeah. That's the bottom line here. So I think there is going to be some incredible information that comes out, and Fauci is going to be gone. Hopefully. I called that on May 10th. Yes, the Democrats are going to dump him because he's a liability for them. Paul Ryan. Oh, my gosh. He came out this week trashing Trump at the Reagan Library, which is a total joke. You know, you watch Bannon, you mentioned that, it, and they should give us promotion rights for what we do for them. But they... Uh, they, they weren't even covering that because he's wooden, stiff, and uninspiring. They were ca- covering Bannon and the uh, the rally with Matt Gates and Marjorie Taylor Greene. The, the Republican establishment doesn't understand to this day why we voted for Trump. Absolutely. I have no idea what it's about. They want their way to continue as it is inside Washington, mm-hmm. the swamp. Paul Ryan is a disgusting human being, and I said it. And he is part of the Davos crowd. He's part of of uh, China, China, CCP, his whole effort is to keep the establishment going. And it was absolutely disgusting for him to go out to the Reagan Library and make that speech the other night. And uh, this is going to come back to haunt him. I think so, yeah. And um, that's all I can say about that. He accomplished nothing. All of the Lincoln Project Cretans are just beside themselves. They don't understand how to take him down because and, and take us down because they hate us. So Trump rallies are coming. Yep. We're looking at about at least four in the next month or, month or so. And if you saw Donald Trump is getting his plane already. It's being <laughs> renovated. You know, the, the famous Trump plane. Uh, it's out in Arizona being Ready to go. Wow. And it's this is going to be huge. I think we're going to see Trump rallies probably two or three a month by the, by the end of the summer. Very good. Now, you know, obviously it's Memorial Day, so I want to talk with you about that, obviously, as a veteran. Uh, if you haven't seen, the, for the audience, if you haven't seen the movie Taking Chance, it's really unbelievable. It's a true story about a dignified transfer. Uh, it'll break you, but it'll... It also inspire you. It's a really amazing how they treat the veterans, uh, you know, when they pass away. You have done a vet- uh, dignified transfer yourself, you know, and you're, you're as intentional and contemplative when it comes to Memorial Day as I am. You post a lot of stuff. I really appreciate that. I personally spend, you know, the Sunday prior and Monday kind of uh, mourning about it. You know, talk about that. There, there isn't a parade. One of the other things that they don't, that is not really talked about a lot, which is that they're, there are a lot of veteran suicides, you know. There isn't a parade that's called combat veterans who did multiple tours and were killed in action but came home, uh, weren't killed in action but came home when they and killed themselves when they got back home. You know, there's a lot of stuff around uh, Memorial Day, including survivor's guilt. You know, you and I have talked about that. Like, why did, why did I survive and why didn't they survive? And these kind of things, you have experienced that yourself. And also talk about the meaning of Memorial Day. Do never say happy Memorial Day. Don't ever say that. Okay. Go ahead, Jim. You, you know, this is part of our unfortunate culture. Uh, it's the commer- commercialization of how we want to make a big deal about every holiday. It's all about Corporate America making money. And what we really need to do is get down to the basics. And understand. You know, and I tell people this, and I, I, I did a, a radio show this morning, and I said, think about this. This is Memorial Day. 
Memorial Day is to remember the fallen who have made the ultimate sacrifice. They're dead. God bless them. You can't thank them. You can thank maybe their family or spouse or whoever, but you can't do anything. Don't come to me being a veteran and say, thank you for your service on Memorial Day. I'm not having it. That's not my responsibility. You know, I have Veterans Day. Veterans Day is for those who have served, taken the uniform off. And then there's Armed Forces Day, which we celebrated two weeks ago for those who are active duty guard reserve. But Memorial Day is the most solemn day. It's to remember those. And when you look at the numbers of how many Americans have died Mm -hmm. since 1775 and continue to die, you need to understand what this is about. And the other big thing I told people is, Okay, if you're going to go have your barbecue and you're going to go have your 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 linen white sale mattress sale, bring a veteran there and have them talk to people who come to your store. That's a your, great idea, Jeb. And let people. We need to educate America back the way it is. Back back when we were younger, this was no big deal. It was part of the school system. We we had Memorial Day. We had parades. parades. Everything, and it was very patriotic. We've lost the patriotism. Yeah. Not only that, but we have to also think about the fact that there were horses and military working dogs that have also served valiantly. So it, it they do, uh, you know, I've heard veterans say, look, we did what we did so you could do what you do. That's fine. And it's it's right that th- that we should live. They sacrifice that we should live. But we always need to take time to remember them and to honor them and tell the children. That's really the deal is to tell the children what is what how great our country is. Exactly. Our our our, our kids have lost that. We don't They're teach not it being in the taught. They don't we don't teach it in the school system. And we need to get back to the basics of understanding of what this is about. And this is the responsibility of every parent, teacher, business owner. We need to come together and and recognize and remember. That's the two key words, recognize and remember. Yeah. You're listening to Brooke Talks America. I'm your host, Brooke Says, here with Colonel Jim, and we will be right back after the break. More Brooke Talks America coming up. Smoking fire, I didn't feel a thing. But suddenly I was rising higher, and I felt like I just made the biggest mistake. I knew a man called him Sandy Kane. You folks even knew his name. Welcome back to Brooke Talks America with Brooke Says. Connect on Twitter at Brooke Talks USA. Here's Brooke Says. Welcome back to Brooke Talks America. I'm your host, Brooke Says. Um, It is Bob Hope's birthday today. Happy birthday, Bob Hope. He missed dozens of Christmases with his own family and put himself in legitimate danger all over the world to entertain our troop with the awesome USO. Um, That is an amazing organization. And by the way, if you donate to them, donate locally because their programs are paid for by local donations. He was actually named an honorary veteran for his amazing work. Well-deserved, sir. So 20 years after 9-11... 
right, and 75-plus years after World War II. And I'm so glad that Donald Trump, President Trump, was the one that did the 75th anniversary. Um, you know, we have enemies within our country that are trying to destroy us. We talked about it with Tony. I talk about it with Colonel Jim all the time. You know, we... Today, this is Memorial Day weekend. We reflect on the timeless sacrifices that have been made in the name of our freedom. We owe them, okay? We owe them to resolve to continue to fight and to uphold and pledge. The pledge is, so many of you have made, against all enemies, foreign and domestic. Well, the I want you to listen in a minute to this timeless and inspirational speech by Ronald Reagan. You know, I don't glorify war. I despise it to my core. But I always celebrate the endless courage of those who have made that pledge, those who have stepped up to honor it for the principles of freedom and liberty, even with the flawless humans. You know, we don't throw a baby out with the bathwater that the flawless humans who wrote them and, um, you know, sent people in harm's way, they failed to live up to them. These warriors always have fought for that in order to honor the tremendous sacrifices made on behalf of fighting the war being waged on us domestically by the enemies within fearlessly and relentlessly, relentlessly. We need to stand up. Socialism is no longer simply knocking at the door. It is here. We thought we defeated socialism with the fall of the Berlin Wall. No, they just came here. The Gramsci School, the Frankfurt School, all of those people just came and did the long march of the, through the institutions, as we talked about with Evan Sayet. So we have a lot of work to do, and our side has been complacent, complacent, and complacency is the enemy of liberty. So we really need to get busy and get to work. Um, with regard to, and to honor their sacrifices, this was a quote from Lincoln on Memorial Day. It is for us, the living, rather to be dedicated here to the unfinished work which they who fought here have thus so far nobly advanced. It is rather for us to be here dedicated to the greatest task remaining before us, that from these honored dead we take increased devotion to that cause for which they gave the last full measure of devotion, that we here highly resolve that these dead shall not have died in vain, that this nation under God shall have a new birth of freedom, and that government of the people, by the people, and for the people shall not perish from the earth. It is up to you and I, the citizens. We're not perfect. We're never going to be. And none of the people that are criticizing America are perfect either. Okay? We need people with fighting spirit. People are willing to call out the garbage and fight for America. We have a lot of problems here that we need to get busy. Okay? So we can't afford the complacency. So we have a couple of, um, you know, we have the Ronald Reagan speech from Memorial Day, which is very inspiring, and some music that I hope you will listen to. I'm going to read the names of some people that I know that have died in action. Corporal Frank R. Gross of Frankie's Barbecue, which you probably know, was killed in Afghanistan. Corporal Stephen R. Koch, 82nd Airborne, killed in Afghanistan. He is from New Jersey. Gunnery Sergeant Recon Marine Aaron Kenefick. Special Operations Chief Navy SEAL Aaron Vaughn, killed in Afghanistan under Biden and Obama's Extortion 17. Staff Sergeant John Josh Hager, killed in Iraq. Army First Class 7 Special Forces Group Michael Goebel, killed in Afghanistan, also from New Jersey. Navy Senior Chief Petty Officer Shannon Kent, killed in Syria. Thomas Keenan, Army, killed in Germany, World War II. These are the names of thousands of millions of people that have served and sacrificed, stepped up, taken the oath against all enemies, foreign and domestic. To them, we owe our 
fortunes, our sacred honor, our lives. Those are the people that we owe, that we not let this country fall under some socialism, communism tyranny. We can't have that. So on Memorial Day, yes, they they did what they did. They stepped up so that you could enjoy your lives. People have said that. Veterans have talked about that. But take a moment to honor them. Teach people. Honor them by teaching the next generation and the next generation after that what that service and sacrifice is. Let us not end up where we are wondering what happened to the United States of America and the cause of freedom and liberty. Let's just work to expand it. You're listening to Brook Talks America. I hope you enjoy this Memorial Day show and our ending as we honor those who have served and sacrificed and fallen in war. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Freedom and the dignity of the individual have been more available and assured here than in any other place on earth. The price for this freedom at times has been high, but we have never been unwilling to pay that price. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery with its row upon row of simple white markers bearing crosses or stars of David. They add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. Each one of those markers is a monument to the kind of hero I spoke of earlier. Their lives ended in places called Bellow Wood, the Argonne, Omaha Beach, Salerno, and halfway around the world on Guadalcanal, Tarawa, Pork Chop Hill, the Chosin Reservoir, and in a hundred rice paddies and jungles of a place called Vietnam. Under one such marker lies a young man, Martin Treptow, who left his job in a small town barber shop in 1917 to go to France with the famed Rainbow Division. There on the Western Front, he was killed trying to carry a message between battalions under heavy artillery fire. We're told that on his body was found a diary. On the flyleaf, under the heading, My Pledge, he had written these words. America must win this war. Therefore, I will work, I will save, I will sacrifice, I will endure. I will fight cheerfully and do my utmost as if the issue of the whole struggle depended on me alone. We must realize that no arsenal or no weapon in the arsenals of the world is so formidable as the will and moral courage of free men and women. It is a weapon our adversaries in today's world do not have. It is a weapon that we as Americans do have. Let that be understood by those who practice terrorism and prey upon their neighbors. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. 
We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. been listening to Brooke Talks America with author, publisher, conservative advisor, and patriot. Brooke says, connect by email info at brooktalksamerica.com. Connect on Twitter at Brooke Talks USA. And listen next Saturday night for more Brooke Talks America on AM 860. The answer.